Hello and welcome to LMP Radio Aftershock for WWE SummerSlam live from the Thunderdome. Uh, yes, live immediately following the show. It is currently uh, 3.25 in the morning, a little bit behind schedule, do apologise for that. Uh, but the biggest party of the summer, fanciest graphics, loudest pyro, highest number of lights, surrounded by LED screens and disoriented by camera cuts, it's SummerSlam! <laughs> and before I get into things, I will of course be talking about the main event. Where is my graphic for the main event? Where are you? Uh, <laughs> Before I get to that, I will just uh, quickly state that uh, off the bat, yeah, I like the LED screens. I really like the setup of the Thunderdome. Like, shoot me, I think the arena looks cool as hell. Uh, ask, uh, tell me what you think. But yeah, that's my uh, perspective. Like, the main camera, uh, like where it looks flat, is the worst shot, <laughs> but it's the only bad one to me, like, out of every angle. Uh, like um, the audio as well, vastly improved uh, from SmackDown. Like hell of an improvement after just one show. Uh, also, another production thing. Second, like secondly, uh, cutting to to camera pre-recorded promos uh, gets a big old thumbs up from me. Nice to see those back. However, there's the big massive return, which ended at the uh, which ended, ended at the end of the show. Of course, it did, but. Roman Reigns, I'm going to leave him up this time as I click about three different windows. So, Roman Reigns returns at the end of SummerSlam. WWE constantly with the tagline, you'll never see it coming. At the time, I was criticising it when they said it when Drew won. So, <laughs> spoilers when we get to that one. But when Drew McIntyre won, that really. When they the commentators afterwards say, oh, Randy Orton didn't see it coming because he scored a quick three. Bit crap, <laughs> a bit crap. Took away from a fantastic match and a fantastic end, and then he's just like, oh, that's a, that's a bit crap. Uh, however, that then I was kind of like, oh, so maybe this they're using it, but also semi dropping it at the same time. Oh, okay, uh, it both sucks and fine, whatever, <laughs> like whatever. But then Roman Reigns came back. And as far as I know, they didn't actually say on air. Uh, we said you'll never see it. Oh, did they say you'll we said you'll never see it coming? And here he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. But a surprise to uh, a really good show, and at the end of it, a surprise that genuinely caught like uh, everybody off guard. Like, I'm typing notes furiously, so even though I've got Twitter open, it's behind a, a like a word document that I've got open. So like, I've got I've got I have the uh, preview playing on my main screen, like off my PlayStation. Then I've got. Word open typing frantically, so even though I have Twitter open, like maybe on the side to my phone or whatever, but like, yeah, I'm focusing on that, so I don't see a lot. Like, even though my stream might have been a tad behind, didn't matter because I'm not on Twitter, but just like uh, afterwards, just going to it and just seeing just that everybody in a nice little shock is like, yeah, a WWE return slash surprise that nobody predicted to be coming genuinely was a nice surprise. <laughs> so that's it's awesome, people in like a, a happy mood. Like, how nice is that? <laughs> to be in a happy feeling. Like, oh, how lovely. So, that's how we ended the show. Roman Reigns is back at uh, really going after Strowman. Like, he speared the fiend for his return. For, like, after the match, we suddenly get a, a like, uh, the, the, uh, the fiend was kind of celebrating. I'm trying to remember what the fiend was doing. The fiend was kind of celebrating his championship win, uh, when he got speared by a long-haired man dressed in black from head to toe. It's Roman Reigns! The big dog is back on uh, Ashton Mines' worst-case uh, worst roulette, where we picked, like, we split the match in half, and then we would present two bad scenarios to the other person, and uh, the other person would then have to pick one <laughs> to then make the card at the end. Uh, Ash had put down a Roman Reigns return in there somewhere, just to... Uh, Obviously, worst case for that, you'd make it bad. But the point was, was like, oh, oh. I mean, the fact that it felt like that would be quite a big thing to happen. So why would it make sense to then do it badly? But the point being, it was a good moment for it to happen. <laughs> and at the end of the show as well was nice. It, personally, I felt Fiend Strowman was a decent enough way to end the show as it was. Um, maybe the actual match ending was a bit blurred, but to be fair what Fiend main event hasn't been. Like, he's been continuously main eventing, and it 
Now we're back at this arena. Suddenly it hit me that the Fiend main eventing with all these cinematics, suddenly when we get back to the arenas, oh, he feels like a main eventer. Crazy how that's happened. <laughs> he genuinely feels like a, uh, a massive... The entrance obviously helps. Uh, but the Roman Reigns is like a massive pinnacle and his return felt big because the main event felt big. I mean, it was quite literally big, <laughs> even the size of everybody. Point being, it was genuinely nice, a genuinely nice way to end the show. I've had such a lovely time. <laughs> Not to turn too British. <laughs> genuinely had a lovely night, guys. <laughs> it's been great. Maybe the alcohol held, but either way. <laughs> it was still a... Right. Overall, really enjoyable show, and I guess it makes sense to talk about the main event itself. I will get rid of you for a second. Ooh, 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 off we go. Right, so, first off, The Fiend's entrance, the Force Scout Anywhere match, Universal Championship, Braun Strowman versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Uh, the Fiend's entrance is still amazing. Like, one year later, and I can't take my eyes off of it. Uh, well... Yeah, well, this match, it, uh, I can't say the same for Strowman. <laughs> I was trying to think, what should I say for Strowman? And, uh, but yeah, well, this one parted ways with in-ring wrestling clinic. Also, yeah, saying uh, SummerSlam should have been, shouldn't, uh, I can't really speak, shouldn't have, I should have, I can't say should have, should have been TV14 tonight and not PG. Uh, I think they, because they upped, was it, was it SmackDown two weeks ago? SmackDown went out as TV14 and... The, then ever since then has been PG. My assumption was because of Mysterio Dominic. Purely that one. <laughs> that was my assumption. Uh, I, I don't know why SummerSlam was TV 14 for that one night. And if that's a nice little change where they're dabbling in it, especially in this current era, which allows them to be a bit more creative and not hold stuff back, I'm all for it. All for it. Uh, but yeah, so um, this match... This main event, it parted ways with in-ring wrestling clinic pretty immediately. <laughs> like, you can kind of feel the swing of things when Bray's swinging a toolbox within one minute of the bell. <laughs> That's normally a sign. Uh, like, the horror of the creature in Wyatt versus the power of the now evil monster Braun Strowman. Like, a hell of a unique feeling main event for modern day WWE. Uh, really enjoy this dynamic. I realise I'm twisted whilst I'm on the screen. It's really irritating me. Now's the table leg. <laughs> like, really enjoyed this uh, big person dynamic, uh, especially with them giving it the full false count anywhere treatment, just that brawling nature all around. Like, that was perfect for the duo, like, for the antics of the Wyatt character as well. Uh, they fought all the way into Gorilla, uh, Strowman met, met a wall and a sister Abigail, showing his own perseverance, which is something The Fiend's kind of been shown to show. Shown to show a great sentence. When faced against The Fiend, he showed his nature, which, even though he's bad, he's got a good parts of nature. Yeah. Uh, back out into the Thunderdome. Uh, the two continue to brawl all over. Uh, Strowman in the end hitting his patented power slams, but showing frustration as they don't score the three. And then he cooks up a plan. He goes over to the toolbox that Bray Wyatt was hitting him with in the first minute, grabs a box cutter from the toolbox and starts to cut open the ring mat. Uh, Okay then, <laughs> exposing the wood underneath like a big Tommaso Champa, uh, but the fiend catches him with a Uranagi to the wood, and then a sister Abigail, and then again, and Strowman immediately eats wood. Uh, one, two, three, and Bray wins. So that's kind of what I meant by maybe this match wasn't the like the flow of the way it ended. Maybe wasn't like the biggest moment to end a which had been pretty solid SummerSlam. Maybe that, that if you ended there with The Fiend, like, you've given the title back to him. I personally wasn't expecting anything else. Like, I genuinely was like, eh. Like, I was thinking maybe there'll be a retribution thing. They played a video package at the start of the show, but I was just expecting a retribution thing. It's like, why would you set up retribution to then not have them <laughs> do anything? Like, why would you... As in, it felt like they were minding everybody... Or informing the audience, who may be tuning into SummerSlam but haven't been watching weekly television, just informing the audience what they are, what they is, <laughs> what you is. And then they didn't do anything with it. So that was weird. Like, personally, just don't feature a professionally made like video package 
on the unit that are meant to be being put over as causing chaos and havoc and just wrecking destruction and they're a force against the company. Like, they wouldn't get a video package <laughs> if they're a force against the company. You're, that's an active promotion type of thing. I mean, to be fair, I said the same thing during that era in like 2016 when they were putting over Raw and SmackDown as separate competing brands. Well, why are they like openly allowing advertising during the show for their competitor then? <laughs> that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, it's one of those like, it's WWE world. It's like they've got certain tropes of production. They don't. And like every act gets these tropes. And they're not a very good company at purposefully not using tropes that get people over or inf help inform you about a certain character or things. For me, Retribution should never get a video package. <laughs> it just shouldn't have been on the show. Oh, but yeah. Uh, but yes, Roman Reigns' return. I thought it was handled incredibly well with Bray then celebrating afterwards, uh, lifting his, the title up high. Or, well, you know what I mean, celebrating the way he does with his creepy face mask. Then Roman Reigns tackles him, dressing head to toe. I think his t-shirt says, Wreck... Wreck everybody? Oh, that... Something like that. Wreck everybody, then leave, or something like that. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, particularly laying into Strowman uh, and uh, just shouting at him that you're not the monster unless I'm here. Like, you are nothing without me, essentially. And, oh, yeah. It's just, I really like that. And I even saw somebody tweet, is Roman Reigns heel? And I was like, no. He's got character. <laughs> just immediately it's like, oh crap, he's not just returned, speared somebody, gone, oorah, Roman Reigns. <laughs> and he's not done that. He's attacked He's attacked the Fiend, yes, but then he's particularly gone after Strowman, and then as he's laying down chair shot after chair shot after chair shot, onto Strowman more than anything, he's then shouting at Strowman, you're not a monster if I'm not here. Like, he's a character, like, immediately with direction. <laughs> Straight off the bat. It's like, oh, my criticisms of Roman Reigns in the past, which again, haven't been relevant for about a year or more, maybe even two years at this point. Because again, by the time that he... Oh, I hit my headphones off. <laughs> by the time that he like uh, had to leave, like the Roman Reigns character was fine. It's just like stuff from the past is always going to linger in fans' minds. But in terms of like recent stuff, what have you done for me recently? Roman Reigns has been on very good terms for quite a while, in terms of character specifically. And him returning here with clear direction. Yes, oh, yes. Uh, yes, he's Roman Reigns, so it makes sense to give him that. But this felt like a big return, and that's got me excited for SmackDown. Like, well done. Well done, WWE. Uh, but that, yeah, that's my overall feeling of the show. I genuinely enjoyed SmackDown from start to finish. Because, uh, like, with the, summer, with the SummerSlam shows... <laughs> Uh, I do, there is the bit of a kind of, just so you know, I have enjoyed SummerSlam for now the past three years, because I was saying before uh, to some of the economists that are on lots of pain, I was just saying that if it's good again this year, then that's three for three for me in the past three years. Even though the past two years I flat out stopped watching WWE all summer and assumed that was partly why I enjoyed SummerSlam, as in that was my return to <laughs> kind of show. And I enjoyed the flows of them where they kind of build to the end rather than the stop-start roller coaster. And this one built. It had like your hot opener in Asuka Bailey, then it kind of kept the pace going with a fun match. Then you go straight into a pure story, then a pure story with escalated violence. Not that I guess Mandy Sonia had violence, but it's more about the stakes. The violence wasn't really that brutal, whilst Rollins Dominic really escalated things. Uh, then you return to a championship after you've had an emotional roller coaster, <laughs> uh, and then you hit your big two main events. Like it was just in terms of building a card, it was organised and put together really well. Like, I was going in my head with Drew McIntyre and Andy Orton, and then as soon as it ended, it's like oh maybe we're getting a straight up match, but then something happens. Turns out the something was Drew McIntyre just catching him in a pin like really smartly, and like that kind of did that. I was like, yeah. As a card overall, really well organised, really, really well paced as well. This is sometimes, as I was talking about in terms of the roller coaster, what I mean by that is you have a really big match and then you have a like mid card match, followed by a really big match, followed by a mid card match, followed by a really big, and you end up in this kind of 
in and out level of investment where you you care then then you don't really but then you really but then you don't <laughs> and it just and that after like four hours of that that just kind of that hits that hits a wall for me <laughs> I really hated those shows that did that I think SummerSlam did it one year and WrestleMania starts to hit a trough with it and Royal Rumble's got a slight issue with that but for the past three years SummerSlam has built and they did it again here and all the plaudits in the world ending on a massively positive note generally excited to watch WWE next week because <laughs> the it, it's a show that made me want to watch more wrestling and in terms of a fan and I will put um, again another massive asterisk this weekend I've been I was editing a video with uh, wrestling shorts and I, I, was, I was editing the video with wrestling shorts and that took all of my Saturday and things. And when I've done that, I was like, I don't want anything. I've, I hadn't wa I've not watched AEW yet. I hadn't watched SmackDown. I was watching NXT with five minutes to go before the main show <laughs> started. <laughs> Just of me not having time. So I was kind of like done with resting, having to cram it all in. Like Saturday after I finish the edit, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, crash type of thing. But my point being that it made me want to watch more wrestling. That's not a feeling I've had for quite a while. Just having... Ugh, just having to... Wanting to watch wrestling. Because WWE, after I finished one of their shows like in this past era, especially these past few years, where SummerSlams have been four or five hours long, like by the time they're finished, I don't want to watch any more wrestling. Uh, during the week where there's so much wrestling to cover, like again, I don't want to watch <laughs> any wrestling. I'm just done. Uh, but after SummerSlam, after this... Like I generally feel like watching more wrestling. Getting that it gave me a buzz. And that is something I don't get a lot from modern day WWE. But I got it tonight. I don't know if I can give it any more positive a word than that. <laughs> it gave me a buzz and made me want to watch more wrestling. Uh, and there was an there was an announcement during the show which gets me excited for Raw as well. It, and it's in terms of promos for the next thing. It was the best show WWE have done in quite a while. Maybe Royal Rumble in terms of what they did on the show, got you hyped to then tune in to the next week. As in, like, the things that they announced, the things that they revealed, the superstars that returned, the superstars set to debut. Suddenly, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying to see what happens next. Oh, so that's great. Uh, also, uh, you guys are awesome. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's great to hear at uh, quarter to four in the morning to know I'm not going mad. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so I'm going to go through the card in order now from the SmackDown Women's Championship match all the way to Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. So again, spoilers before I go through it, I really enjoyed this show from start to finish. I've got obviously different levels of investment, but I didn't unenjoy, not enjoy, that's the phrase. <laughs> I, did, I did just state it's quarter to four, <laughs> I'm allowed to forget word structure. I, I, yeah, I didn't find anything... Like, not engaging, not interesting. I enjoyed every single thing to a certain degree. That doesn't mean... Like, if you look at a star rating, for example, I would give two and a half stars to the tag team match. But that doesn't actually explain how I feel, because I still enjoyed it. Like, it was still fun. But that, that's why those kind of, like, by-the-number scales don't really work for me. I've never used them. Purely because I can give a match like that that rating. But that really doesn't express the fact that... But I did enjoy it, though. So the number means nothing <laughs> in terms of the thing. Uh, and what am I basing that scale on as well? Like if, if I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. Uh, sure, I've got different levels because, of course, the second match on the show that's there to carry momentum isn't as strong as the final two matches. Yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't mean it was bad. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm going to go through the card in order. So first off is the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Bailey with Sasha Banks uh, versus Asuka. A strong pick to kick off the show. All three of these women were absolute standouts of the now past performance centre era. Uh, now deservedly showcased on this grand summer stage. Uh, ah, the CGI masks are back for Asuka. That's... Yeah, they're not one of the better <laughs> WWE CGI effects. And tonight we got them twice. <laughs> so that was... Uh, I just realised I've not changed the image on the YouTube thing. So I am just... Nope, not going to do that. That's the wrong button. I am going to blum it because I've realised I'm in the wrong, complete wrong place. Right, let's bring up... No, do it! No, there we go! <laughs> if you're wondering what happened, I pressed all the wrong buttons. What have I got from there? That's that, okay. I should have realised I pressed all the wrong buttons. 
I'm just going to continue clicking as the podcast people are like, could you like, is that going to bring up a red border? Yeah, it is, but cool. Let's <laughs> stop that. Right, so Bailey versus Asuka. Let's do that. This is live me figuring out how to do stuff with blurry eyes. I can't see anything. Be proud of me that I found the bloody image. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, CGI masks are not the best, and we got to see them twice tonight. I can't, I can't repeat to anybody about effects now. <laughs> After the... Oh. I started with being into effects, realised I had the wrong graphic up, then couldn't find the graphic, clicked on the wrong thing because my eyes are blurry because it's quarter to four in the morning. You know what? I'm going to have to leave that point. <laughs> There's no way I can make it, honestly, <laughs> without it coming off a bit hypocritical. Uh, anyway, so uh, ba- the champion Bailey looking angry the second she emerged with Banks with uh, 317 uh, shaved into the back of her head and coated in gold as well. Uh, that looked great and the gold of a champion. Uh, the match itself, a strong start for Asuka, peaking with an awesome jump off the steps, uh, falling and driving Bailey down with the DDT. But yeah, that was, again, there were awesome moments in that little build-up build for Asuka, but it was the DDT was like the peak of it. That really just swung the momentum of Sasha on the ringside. Like, oh, crap. After, sw- after that, though, the swing to the champion was quick. Herself bringing out a damn great stunner to the second rope, draped challenger. She jumped off. It's either the top or the second rope. Land, I think it was the top rope. Landed with the stunner. It's like, oh damn, they've both hit like <laughs> awesome counters and things, which involved them both jumping. It's like Bailey one-upping Asuka in that way, uh, leading to a section of control for the heel. Uh, Asuka having to fight back with quick reversals and strikes. Uh, really, the match repeated like this, uh, both having strings of offense but it always swung back the other way. The opposition more than able to counter their way back in. After catching an attempted hip attack, Bailey drove Asuka's knee into the apron. Uh, the champion suddenly had an area to target directly, and don't forget, Asuka's got two matches tonight. So that knee onto the apron is going to continue. The uh, champion's strike-heavy offense also clearly hindered. She can't do her kicks that well. Uh, a case in point that Asuka hit the double knees, uh, she uh, jumping off the top rope and then getting caught uh, into a leg bar, knee bar thing. Knee bar, she did a knee. <laughs> Showing the effects of Bailey's damage. However, that match momentum still continued, like the back and forth that was still there. Uh, Banks saving the champion after a top rope top rope elbow was caught into an armbar. I'm mixing my words together. Uh, Sasha getting increasingly involved again and again until the challenger went to take her down and the distraction cost her. After knocking down the Raw Women's Champion, Asuka got rolled up by Bailey, and the Japanese star's first championship attempt ends in failure. Uh, winner Bailey with Sasha Banks. Again, really strong starter. Set up Asuka for later and the story between Bailey and Sasha, which seems to be like because quite often you'll see you think, oh, do we do we do like do do long term storytelling? Yeah, when they want to, but it's not in terms of how they've conditioned the viewer. They've conditioned the viewer for short term, more story, uh, comic book like stories. Uh, but with uh, Sasha Bailey, they, they are doing the graphic novel. It's like. They have a friendship, and you're seeing little tweaks within it, and little things come to fruition. Tonight was absolutely fantastic in adding a little tweak, but there's no explosion. And if nothing happened, and personally, I wouldn't have anything happen for a while. There's the tag team match at Payback. I would have them get through that. <laughs> like you do, you keep putting it off. You try and treat it like a little friend, a real friendship with tensions, and it would take something massive rather than lots of. Little things. Actually, that's the opposite of a real friendship. <laughs> In reality, it is lots of little things that are finally, and it's, it could be something tiny that ends it all. But I guess in in a big st- in a story, you're normally looking for that big moment. I don't know, like your standard Royal Rumble partner elimination, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but tonight, you got some great moments, and this was setting up here with Sasha directly helping Bailey retain when Asuka had the number. And when Asuka had Bailey's number, and Sasha then was like, I've realised the champion, she's in danger here, I'm going to directly help. And she got up on the apron, Asuka eventually, after she did it again and again, Asuka eventually had to divert her attention, and then ended up getting rolled up by Bailey. Like, Sasha directly helps Bailey retain, which is very important for later. <laughs> it's just an awesome little story note. Uh, after this, backstage, uh, Dominic in the locker room with his parents. There was an awesome photo. Uh, it might have been from the pre-show. 
where Dominic Mysterio entered the building and they had him with a, a black bag with his gear in it and Rey Mysterio on one side and his mum on the other. And it's just, it's just like, it's like a kid going to parents' day. <laughs> it's not like he's going into school. <laughs> it just looks so much like that. Uh, but he's in the locker room with the parents. He tries to get his dad to promise to let him handle this on his own. Uh, let him protect the Mysterio family and to not get involved. Which again, setting up for later. There wasn't, like, there weren't any interviews on promo or things that didn't then lead into something else later. Which is very important again, which I'll get to where I guess when uh, Bailey, and, Bailey and Sasha also had an interview which directly led into something. There wasn't anything that was just like, let's have a, a moment with these characters and then you move on type of thing. That like, no, everything fit into something. There was no wasted motion. Which at the show started at midnight, finished at about what? Just, it was just over three hours, which for modern day WWE feels like a really short pay per view. <laughs> like for some time, it's been four to five, so just over three. Oh, as an Englishman, like I can't see daylight. It's still dark. Like <laughs> if you if you're not English and you haven't, especially if you're not somebody who like does their own post show or whatever, you won't know that feeling of oh yeah, it, it's still dark and it's summer, so the sun rises earlier. So, oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> there aren't any birds chirping, ruining my audio. <laughs> How nice is that? Uh, after that, so this was my uh, one criticism. Retribution VTR package. Uh, at the time, I was like, yeah, here we go. Like, make sure everybody's informed so they know what's going on when they attack later in the night. Yeah, this is... But people who watch the show regularly will find this a bit pointless or a bit silly. Or why are you featuring this group creating chaos like this? If, you, if they're creating chaos, why are you promoting them? If they're against a the company, why are you promoting them? That makes no sense. This is a WWE production trope. But it doesn't make sense for the characters. <laughs> which is, again, that's been a, a massive modern day issue. Which, again, again, at the end of the show, I'm absolutely praising WWE for kind of going against that in a way. Like, giving one of their biggest face some heel traits in a way. As in, they're not painting them in the exact same colour as you do because they're this thing. Like, no. But, because this then didn't, Retribution didn't feature at all in the show, this is the only, I've realised, I've, I've said that there was nothing that which was, like, wasted time. This was wasted time. <laughs> what I meant was, like, they're live in the arena. Like, there was nothing, because there were like, adverts played throughout the show, which are literal kind of, for an English person that isn't going to be able to buy any of these products, it's like a waste of time for me. It's the time for me to catch up on my notes, to check Twitter, if I've, if I've been a really good boy and got up my notes. It's the time for me to drink some Bulmers, <laughs> to eat some donuts or whatever. But, yeah, the fact that Retribution didn't feature on the show suddenly means there's this whole time dedicated to these characters which don't feature. So why have you dedicated time to them? Like, specifically on this show. Why have you de de dedicated time to them? As in, seriously, why? <laughs> it, it, all I can think of, it's... Like, this is... So, this is an angle going on, and we want to let you know that this is this is going on, even though nothing featured on the show. Like, in the current WWE world, this is a issue that is currently ongoing. So, tuning to Raw and SmackDown, and you'd like to see this group that we told you about, but they happen to not attack or anything during SummerSlam. And I'm just thinking, yeah, but you didn't feature them at all. So what was the <laughs> what was the point of dedicating time to them on this show specifically? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Just in terms, of, that's, that's my only production kind of critique for this show because everything else I was fine with. I wasn't even disorientated by the cameras because I was massively fearing that because SmackDown had a bit of a jarringness to it, um, and the audio on SmackDown as well wasn't quite right. It was much better here. There were the, was the odd moment or the odd match where it didn't feel 100% right, but the audio was much, much better. Um, but the, I guess, main, yeah, the main critique here, why have you dedicated time to this? And I, I'm dedicating way too much time. I'm, again, I'm becoming a hypocrite. So let's get rid of Bailey versus Asuka, if I can bloody get it lined up. And let's get up. Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Don't ask me why I left such a huge pause <laughs> after bringing up the image. So sorry, podcast listeners. Uh, match number two of the night, Raw Tag Team Championships on the line as the Street Profits defend with Selena Vega at ringside, causing chaos. Uh, Kevin Owens on commentary. Damn it, WWE, making me pay attention to the aspect I usually somewhat tune out. Uh, I can confirm, 
Tuned it out by accident. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. I was listening at the start as they were making entrances, like Kevin Owens is building it up nicely, uh, kind of setting the tone for fun, which this match essentially was, and uh, just some fun chaos. Uh, light-hearted momentum carrier, I guess you word it as. Uh, but yeah, during the match, I was watching what was happening and writing notes I missed. If you added a lot of story elements, Kevin, I was busy writing notes and watching the action. <laughs> I missed most of what you said. <laughs> um, uh, I would say a shower of red cups for the entrances for the Street Profits absolutely popped me. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the second load to fall down once they were in the ring as well. Uh, that was it. That was us getting us ready for the in-ring pyro for later. That's what that was. <laughs> like here we were worried in the NXT days that Vince wouldn't get the cups, like he wouldn't get what they signify, what they're for, why they're such a part of their character. But we were wrong. If anything, he's too into the cups. <laughs> Literally raining loads of them down. Uh, of varying sizes, because obviously you're not going to get like packs and packs of those cups. So like, no, make some like crappy red... Literally just red paper. Just drop some red paper. Who's going to know? Uh, this was a uh, fun tag match, as I was saying. Following the Strong Show opener... Uh, Ford's poisoning played no part, which after doing my worst case roulette, my personal booking for it, uh, why well, I had the poison be like a very strong factor. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit like, I would have liked to see you try and figure that in, maybe, because it was such a huge, big plot point. But hey, I'm not really sure a universe where it does is any good. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, go with a fun tag team match. Uh, the green clad faces running fire as I notice a Pikachu in the crowd and so did all of my Twitter. <laughs> and the next thing I know Montez is getting power bombed flat onto the mat assuming he did something to end up in that circumstance but Pikachu. <laughs> that gave me a... But the power bomb was a bit of like oof and not the first like these power bombs in this in this show like there were two to the outside that like, both of them like just got that oof reaction out of me. And the ones in the ring as well, that they were driven with force. Like, you could sense, because there was like, news coming out from backstage that the atmosphere was really positive. Like, it was the most positive it's been for quite some time. And I, watching this, like, yeah, I can see that. I can see it. I generally can. <laughs> there was just an oomph behind what they were doing in that ring. And after that, we got a long period of heel control. Uh, the Prophet trying his best to make the tag. Finally able to do so. Again, it was a long period of control. It's not really much I can write in this massive review where I've got to do other matches. <laughs> but he was finally able to flip out and roll and launch his way to Dawkins. Uh, Andrade showing how great he is by catching Apollo with an elbow like pretty quickly. Uh, Dawkins, though, responded with a spear. Uh, then Ford onto Gaza with one hell of a crossbody off the top rope. He gets such height. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Zelina then working distraction for Gaza, uh, but Ford flips out of the wing clipper because it, he lifted him up and they seem to go extremely vertical. As I always, he's doing like a modification, like Dean, uh, not Dean, John Moxley does the DDT, but then he just so he could flip and land on his feet. But he then makes the tag to Dawkins, who hits the spinebuster, and Ford flies high with the always impressive. As hell, Frog Splash, for the retention, the Street Profits retain. The heels argue on the ramp as the faces literally jump on top of the commentators. <laughs> Montez Ford just going crazy. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And then Kevin Owens uh, then officially announces a Kevin Owens show for Raw. So, oh, that's nice. With his guest, Alistair White. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, before I get to the next segment, I'll just bit any more comments. Uh, good for WWE not doing Retribution. But again, for, yeah, for me in terms of enjoyment of the show, yeah, totally agree. But why then feature the, the VTR package? Just don't play the promo package. <laughs> There's no point. Um, uh, bad Mandy Rose can't set a table but wins. <laughs> the, uh, if you've not seen the... the uh, somebody gift it. I, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> it doesn't mean he just like... I'm sorry, but there's no way I, I can't give this. <laughs> it just, can't, that was hilarious. And I, um, I will say, I missed it, because again, I was writing notes. I was like, okay, she gets a table, go to my notes. Mandy Rose gets out of the table. And then by the time that I look back up, she's pulling it from the ring, so I didn't see her struggling to set up. Uh, then I saw the gif of it, I was like, oh, great, that's great. <laughs> uh, I'm on that match next, anyway. 
But first, we've got a few things. Uh, to the interview ring. I think we saw this first on SmackDown, or maybe like the pre-show or something. Uh, it's like a mock ring, essentially, for it. It reminded me a bit of uh, the 90s, where they'd have a special area for interviews that wasn't just like your screen that you got brought in in the Attitude Era. Uh, just like a... It was more where they would face out to the audience, was what it reminded me of, but it was more because it was a special setup area with the lights all around. Like, yeah, I generally... I like the interview ring. <laughs> so ring. Uh, Banks and Bailey are with Kayla Braxton. Uh, they're annoyingly positive after Bailey's win. The SmackDown uh, champion with a broom and all for the it'll be a clean sweep gag. Uh, but there was something in there as well where uh, Sasha Banks was saying, "What well, if Bailey can beat her? Then uh, I'm certain I can retain." And you get a look from Bailey, and he's like, yeah, "And but Sasha just kind of elaborates." So it's like, "No, yeah, because." Bailey gave her the fight of her life, so like I've got the best opportunity to retain that in the world. And Bailey, like, uh. and in terms of how this, like, normally in WWE, I would give them zero credit for that. However, specifically in this one storyline, there have been lots and lots of little moments like that, which scream, "You're doing the split." <laughs> it's not one of those. It doesn't feel like a tease. It feels like a, I guess, character moment. And then when it kind of directly fed into the end as well, with Bailey maybe not being as quick to save Sasha. And then I remembered those words earlier where Bailey gave her a look where she said, if Bailey can defeat her, then I can eat, then I surely can too, or something like that. It's like, oh, that, that ties in. <laughs> and that, like you saw the cause and effect. But it wasn't hammered home into your face. That, that's not a hammer. <laughs> that, that's just a straight up uh, nerd punch. It's not even a punch. Anyway, after that, I thought I'd make a note of that. Give a pro to WWE. Maybe I'm feeling positive because of the Thunderdome. But I generally, yeah, like, good on you. Uh, the uh, Payback got a promo. Uh, the show is next week, so likely more like Playback. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it's surely going to be. Uh, and no problem, I'll read the comments. Type thing. Uh, I realise, I don't know how this translates to the podcast world yet. I know on video, it's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm somebody, I've always, I always close the live chat when I'm watching any video. I don't know why. It's a personal thing. Well, that's the way I prefer it. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't know. I'm not, I don't normally tune into stuff live. I'll, if I am, I'm normally a fair bit behind. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's just a little thing for me. Anyway, let's get to Mandy Rose, Sonny Deville. Uh, one of my favourites for the worst case roulette, which I'm going to continue to plug, because again, that, like, at 1am last night, I was manically laughing in the kitchen, like, <laughs> I got it done. <laughs> I got it done. So, appreciate if you check that out. <laughs> but in that, uh, it was you know, it was one of my favourites, but at the time, it was Hair vs. Hair, for we recorded that show earlier in the week. So... So I guess if you go and listen to that, oh, sorry, watch that because it is a, it's a video. That, just that, take that in mind that I posted it this morning, or well, late last night, but like it was earlier in the week when it actually was recorded. So it was still hair versus hair, and it was before like a lot of the stuff had properly come out. So, so yeah, I will say uh, the stakes raised just a tad from hair versus hair, like on SmackDown, like really adding a lot to it. Uh, like to be fair, I, after the awful reality of what the two of them went through last week, like I doubt a hair versus hair would have felt right. Just the silliness of it all. It just it's like it, it felt like it felt like um, hair versus hair was the idea that was being pushed to them, not what they actually wanted to do. And then this was kind of like a redo uh, with them, like please take it seriously. And to get that feeling, from SmackDown, so like suddenly, uh, this week's SmackDown, suddenly there was a lot more of a serious edge to this. It felt like a huge injection. Uh, and suddenly now, it is a no-disqualification match with the loser leaving WWE, uh, with a great promo from Sonya Deville, uh, which was shown in the promo package, because this got a properly edited package for it as well. Um, a very broadly affair, like really selling the uh, unsavable anger between them. Like, it's gone up past the point of no return. Uh, take notes, Seth and Dean, circa 2018. I thought that sentence would be fine for 4am. Turns out it's not. <laughs> it's just not. Uh, Rose suplexing Deville onto the ramp, which again, ow. Uh, jumping off the announcer's desk and pulling out the table. 
in no time. <laughs> uh, Sonny used the awkward table setup time uh, to grab a chair herself. Uh, suddenly Rose was finding herself beaten down and locked in a sequence of submissions in the ring. Uh, the face fighting and finally taking down DeVille, running with that running knee, uh, ramming her head onto the announce table uh, before properly teasing the table spot. Uh, for me, a great shot as she slides her chair down the table at Sonya and the cameraman has to dodge out the way. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a little thing. <laughs> I really liked that. The fact that he set up to get the long shot of the table. I'm like, oh, she's going to slide that chair down. And then she did it and he dodged. He's like, I like the dodge. <laughs> Dip, dive and dodge. I like it. Uh, in the end, the uh, running knee after running knee from Rose, she hit her finisher that uh, Awesome Kong does. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Uh, planting her before running in with another knee and scoring the three. Uh, Rose wins straight up. Uh, Deville then ringside crying as she realises her WWE career is over. It feels very like WWE storyline. I don't know. It's weird. Like even even I don't know if it's playing off reality. It's the thing of that the only thing they're using it for is to kind of help us believe that she is actually going or taking some time off, which is extremely understandable. But uh, it also feels quite storyliney, as in. The reason it doesn't feel like she's actually going. That makes any sense. <laughs> As in, I buy we're not going to see her for a while. I don't know. I don't know if it's real or not. And it's one of those where I would be totally understandable no matter which way they go with it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, after that, Otis runs down. And uh, I was laughing because afterwards, again, I checked Twitter after the match because there's a bit of a time break. Uh, and they got to advertise Battlegrounds and World of Tanks. But then... Uh, when they were, I was looking down my timeline. Everyone, it was all like loads of people going, "Oh God, please don't!" After that serious match, like, please don't dance, Mandy. And then she's in there doing the caterpillar. <laughs> so ah, oh, okay, um, yeah. So Otis ran down and uh, lifted Rose to the air. Uh, happy his lady isn't going anywhere. So yes. Uh, next one, uh, another comment before I go. This one does Asuka have a bad memory? Uh, she lost her first match and does the same move. Wrestling. <laughs> That's the best I can... Because wrestling is normally the best way to... to I just realised I recapped that entire match without switching the bleeding image. There you go. Mandy versus... I switch it now. Dominic versus Seth. There we go. I'm bloody fading. I've got to have so many things open. <laughs> it's, and I'm Because of uh, the kind of current lockdown world and the changes to my life, because of that, I'm just doing it on a laptop. I've only got one screen, so that's... Probably why. <laughs> uh, match number four of the night. I was going to elaborate on a comment, but because I got lost in stuff. <laughs> so I uh, apologise if my thought just ended. Uh, street fight. Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. I continue to be impressed with Dominic at every turn. Uh, like, if you click on a post like saying that Dominic's going to be on Raw, be it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, like you get a lot of ugh, kind of comments. Uh, I don't know if a lot of it is because he is a rookie, he's getting heavily featured. But he's continued to impress me, like successfully jumping every challenge WWE have set him so far. And like, and tonight he gets a hell of an official in-ring debut against one of the biggest names today in Seth Rollins. Like if you're going to like have anybody who can carry... Like, same, like we were saying about Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, like showing how trusted Adam Cole is to have a big match against someone like Pat McAfee. Same for Seth Rollins. Showing how well regarded and trusted he is to get to lift a rookie to a really high quality debut match on a SummerSlam card against like a big name of the current era. It's like, it tells you how much they're honestly trusted to do that. I think you did an amazing job. I thought this was fantastic. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Using the story elements really well, hiding Dominic's weaknesses as well as. Uh, like that's it, it's a WWE thing. We have criticised them in the past for everybody must slot in this way, like a heel slots in this hole. Seth Rollins fell victim to that with the heel side uh, in terms of having pay-per-view matches that were great and holding his own, but then on television, heel slots in this hole. He's cowardly heel, even though his in-match actions don't support, didn't support that at the time. And uh, faces, I guess, Ricochet, where Ricochet's got to come out and say insult lines to the uh, big talky heel. But he's, like, that's that's displaying one of his weaknesses. So far with Dominic, they've 
kind of played around the weaknesses really well because he's a rookie. They're, they're going to exist. But in terms of what you've seen, like you wouldn't know really, like or you don't mind or it works. And this match worked really well, generally. Like and um, since they've moved past the eye nonsense, <laughs> I've taken the piss out of the eye stuff. <laughs> but since they've moved past that, this feud has been great. And uh, Rollins kind of continuing that where he walked out decked in his own version of Ray's famous Halloween Havoc attire. Brilliant touch there. There's comparison by comparison pictures. I'm going to have to take a drink. Mm. Realise I've been live for about 40 minutes, not drank any water. <laughs> I just talked endlessly. So yeah, that's not great for my body. Anyway, that, that was great. Uh, Dominic out with his dad, making the unique choice to wrestle in an outfit with a hood. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so keep just flipping back up over your head. You have to keep pulling it down. And he did. So I need to put a counter. Somebody needs to edit a counter on for the hood watch. <laughs> just how many times did he have to take it off because he was back on his head. Um, Rollins was arrogant as hell with the rookie. Uh, flat out letting him attempt a headlock before cockily shoving him off. Uh, Dominic showing that strong Lucha Libre ability early on. Flipping that hood off of his face after each one. <laughs> like, at least Rollins did grab hold of it and use it to lay down the stomps. Like, as the heel, he's like, that hood is a weakness. I'm just going to grab it and use it to keep you down whilst I stomp on your face. <laughs> like, yes. Suddenly, I'm a bit more fine with the hood being there because he did that. But it did make me kind of laugh in terms of hood watch. He'd hit a impressive looking arm drag and then he would have to, have to adjust the hood because he can't see. <laughs> and then have to do it again. So yeah, a unique choice to have the gear with the hood. Anyway, uh, Volins, uh, all match he was asking Murphy for the weapon so he himself would never have to leave the holy ring. Uh, first off, he asked Murphy for a kendo stick, but Dominic was there with the dropkick and chasing the messiah around the ring, swinging wildly with said chopstick. Uh, Seth, though, was out wrestling him at every step. Uh, the rookie displaying fight and potential, but at this stage of his career, when up against the architect, he was no match. He was out of his depth. Uh, both his way in and situation worsener, <laughs> with it being a street fight. Uh, Dominic waving off his ringside father, continuing that storyline. Because uh, he was like, don't get involved, but could you please come out to ringside with me? <laughs> so, uh, they're just... Yeah, that's gonna, you're going to have a bit of a clash there. Uh, but it was all for the story. It's fine. Uh, Volin's going for a curb stomp, as I remember. Not silence my phone. Uh, Volin's going for a curb stomp onto a chair, but Mysterio rolls out of the way and trips his opponent onto it, face first. Uh, Volin's then going for Booker Bomb. Instead, sent flying himself after Dominic rotated down. Uh, spinning DDT from Dominic Mysterio. And finally, he had Seth down to lay in with that kendo stick. Uh, his back showing the marks of war. Uh, Rollins was finally taking Dominic seriously. Again, in terms of building character throughout a match, telling a little story. Didn't take him seriously at all to start with. Now he does. And like uh, stopping the sun on the top rope and hitting that awesome super falcon arrow combo uh, before coloring for Buddy to send their own kendo sticks. Uh, Seth, like, really testing Ray's mental strength as a father, uh, flat out taunting him in between laying in more and more kendo stick shots, if anything, focusing way too much on Ray, uh, talking trash instead of focusing on Dominic, who already has shown to have fight. <laughs> he displayed that earlier in the match. Come back here. It comes back here, plural. He uses the kendo stick to trap Rollins and both fall back through a table, which Seth set up, but I didn't make notes about. <laughs> Dominic with the fog splash. As the commentators let us know, it's a direct shout up to Eddie. Uh, Seth becoming more and more infuriated, uh, hitting a powerbomb with force before ripping that hoodie vest just down and off. <laughs> Leave you stupid hood. <laughs> Even more kendo stick shots as he continues again to direct Murphy for the delivery of weapons. Uh, Mysterio the whole match, able to see what's coming next, but unable to help after promising his son he wouldn't. Uh, Rollins goes to handcuff Dominic to the ropes. Uh, Ray like, feeling the stress. When Mama Mysterio comes out, didn't learn her name, she's Mama Mysterio. Uh, she, uh, like, Ray runs up to her and, and just pleads with her to hold off, to not come down. Like, like no, no, I've promised him I will not. Uh, 
and that's enough of a distraction as Rollins is kind of laughing up at that happening. Uh, Dominic rolls him up. Uh, doesn't win, uh, but Murphy realises the trouble and he launches in with a running knee uh, before then taking to the outside and attempting to push his eye into the steel steps. Uh, Ray makes the save, but man, does he pay. Uh, Rollins and Murphy beat Papa Ray down, uh, cuff him to the ropes on the outside and get ready to whip him with those kendo sticks when Seth notices the man's wife. But when he gets halfway up the ramp, Dominic makes the save, and he's got fire in his belly, launching Buddy away. Rollins goes flying over the steel steps. Uh, soon back in the ring, the Sun 1-9, but he can't follow up with the splash after Seth gets the knee up. Uh, Ray in the ring now, still handcuffed to the rope. He can't save his son as Seth taunts him. Like, just reach, reach for your son. In front of the man, he then bounces off the ropes and hits the curb stomp, staring right into Ray's eyes as he scores the pin. Uh, that was some great WWE story stuff. Like, father and son hug in the ring as we fade to black. So, uh, and Seth Rollins is your winner. I thought that was, again, fantastic. Uh, continuing again, like Seth Rollins now won like both of these matches. He's continued like an awesome streak throughout the summer. And, like, of course, he lost his WWE Championship match, but entered a really strong story thing. He's built up a rookie. He's been put over by a legend of Rey Mysterio. <laughs> and he's built up a rookie. And now you've got your re like, really emotional hook for when Rey and Rollins get back to each other. Which is so much better than I'm literally going to pull your eye out of your socket. It's like, ugh. <laughs> but I thought this match was fantastic. Just... All, just all, yes, all the clap, applause. Uh, yes. Just, it, it was a perfect place in the card as well, because suddenly you've got this ultra swing of seriousness after like the first three matches were like entertaining but fun. And then this match was, nope, you're going to have <laughs> a lot of serious stuff here. It's going to be pretty brutal with those kendo stick shots. And then by the end of it, yeah, I was just sitting there like, yeah, that was, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Dominic, again, impressing me at every turn. Rollins uh, did a fantastic job both making Dominic look great but putting in story elements because that's something that I've uh, praised him for with like I was going to say all of his matches apart from the blip of Extreme Rules which isn't really his fault but like every time he has wrestled there's story things in there or at least minor character things being added or tweaked or shown and he's been amazing in that role and it's great to see that not end <laughs> it's continuing here and he did it whilst also elevating a rookie. So, like, all, all the applause in the world. Fantastic stuff. Well done. Right, I, I didn't make a note of just, like, the VTRs or adverts after that one. So let's go to Sasha Banks versus Asuka. It's Asuka Part 2. The, the Asuka-ning. I've not thought that one through. I, I, just read the notes. <laughs> stop making stuff up. Stop, stop going off track. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Sasha Banks versus Asuka. A great run of matches continues. Uh, yet another fantastic match between these two. They're both on such a high, uh, like fast yet smooth as hell level of wrestling. Uh, just like I could, it's one of those where I say about say about WWE is like, oh, I could watch these for hours. Oh, good then. <laughs> I don't have to like book any different matchups. You could, you could. Like, oh, I mean, I could. Is the main part of that. <laughs> My point being, this section here. Really enjoyed it. But we are at a point where we've seen these pairings a lot. I've really enjoyed every single one of them. I don't want to get fatigued of it, is the other point. So I would be happy if something moves on. Like, you, you use Payback to move it on to the next thing. You've got Asuka Shayna Baszler, because she's Raw Women's Champion. Asuka, spoilers, for the match I'm just about to cover. <laughs> but, yeah, and she's got the match with Shayna Baszler, and then there's the tag team thing, which can either be used to build tension between Sasha Banks and Bayley, or be used to create tension, tension between Asuka and Shayna Baszler. Maybe even both, if they're able to achieve the level of like, character consistency that they have tonight at SummerSlam. A, uh, but with this, a great run of matches continues. Uh, commentary making sure we're aware before the bell that Sasha's never successfully defended a title even though she's a five-time champion and also reminding us of the damage to Asuka's knee from the previous match. Uh, a nice setup with both women having to mentally fight through something. Now, one is more like 
a mental struggle if you cannot defend a title and the other one like quite literally my knee hurts <laughs> so yeah uh, both all over the other from the get-go like neither wanting their opponent to get any advantage in the early going uh, Asuka taking a sickening bump to the outside uh, again this was quite far into the match but this is like my first main note and like kind of the brawny nature kind of summed up the start of it again it was all fantastic smooth as hell stuff uh, like after Banks hit a sunset powerbomb off the apron and sent Asuka crashing hard onto the ground with a splat. Like, well, I'm bloody well buying that as a momentum swing for the baddies. <laughs> uh, quite often these matches might, like, especially when you get a section of, like, damage and control from the heel, like, it, a lot of it depends on the move that you hit to enter this state. Am I convinced that the that the good guy, the person I'm trying to cheer... Am I convinced that they are like fighting back and struggling because they've had the sails knocked out of them? I bloody well believed it <laughs> after that power bomb. Like, as we we're saying, all the power bombs tonight just had a special oomph about them. Like hit them pay per view style, as you so said to the New Day in a random, whatever that sketch show was called <laughs> at the start of the network. Um, uh, Sasha dominated for a while. But eventually, Asuka hit awesome counter after awesome counter. Uh, the ultimate in reversing into a DDT. And Banks realising she had to roll to the outside to stop the swing of momentum. It didn't work. Soon finding herself back inside and on the receiving end of a missile dropkick. Uh, an amazing ending with Sasha targeting the leg. Asuka herself facing a worn down opponent. Uh, that's a dynamic. Play off that. Uh, Bailey hypes up her girl. <laughs> like, you're the war women's, war women's champion. Come on, Sasha. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm the flipping champion. And then she charges and just immediately gets turned inside out and caught into the Askalock. It looked amazing. It was just the fact that Bailey was amping him up. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and just charged immediately into that. It's like, oh, I, I, I love those spots. <laughs> it's just, camera work was great as well for it. Uh, reversals upon reversals. As Sasha tries to swing out of the Askerlock and uh, into a bank statement, uh, if preferably, a, uh, or flip over into a pin, or every time they're just ending back up in the hold. Eventually, uh, Bailey gets up onto the ropes, uh, just like in the prior match, uh, but it didn't work, and Asuka takes them both down, with Banks properly down now and locked in the submission. Sasha, uh, Asuka gets the win, and like Banks is sitting there lost and just pissed like kind of looking at Bailey but not really doing it like all kinds of emotion over her face and uh, you can see it like the the cogs turning like she takes the tight the tag team championship from Bailey when she is like given it uh Bailey uh, constantly apologizing the entire time and it's just like for me this is why I'm enjoying Banks Bailey it's been it, this has been a breakup angle like the entire time but it feels more natural. They've not done like big story beats over three months, and that's kind of clear where it happens. Like, no, they are a team. They are friends, but they're having these little moments where you see the cogs turn, and like it, you, you could see on Sasha's face, like I was there for you after I saved your match, and you are still champion because of me. You couldn't do the same. It's like, oh, I, I like. And she sold that with a face. Yes, <laughs> just all the applause for that. Um, but it's those little moments that I think they're doing really well. So when it does happen, it's something that I applaud AEW for. Uh, they, there'll be if Kenny Omega versus and Hangman, like their rivalry, that has been done really well. Like lots of little moments where even though they seem like they're friends and they can get on, they can win matches, defend their titles. It's there's lots of little things. That when they do eventually break up, like neither of them's really face or heel. You just you believe that that both neither neither guy's the winner, essentially not the winner. Neither side comes out of it the good guy. Like they're both dicks. Goodbye monetization. <laughs> they're, they're they're both they're both kind of in the wrong. And I feel like Bailey as Bailey uh, Sasha Banks is building in a similar way, kind of like it is building too. Both of them, like having their reasons for turning on the other, but neither's really in the good light. Neither of them is in the right here. Yeah, I'm repeating myself. <laughs> so I should probably move on to. Let's hope I've got the uh, 
correct match underneath. Oh, bloody did it, guys. <laughs> I did the YouTube transition to the correct image really, really well. So, the final match I'm going to talk about as I get through this at high speed. The WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Uh, first off, WWE did a great job with the production of the entrances for these two. A great idea to hold off like the biggest pyro to the in the ring, uh, using the setup to a real advantage and getting some awesome shots, especially of McIntyre. Like it felt like a big deal. Uh, the uh, they managed to create a aura and aura of a big deal in an arena where there was no fans physically there. So, well done, well done that. Like all in the production, and I guess production contains everything that happens in the arena. Uh, do so. WWE did, did a great job. Uh, Orton continues this arguably best stretch of his career from small, like or, little details to small details to the big pops. Like he's nailing all of it, and tonight was no different. Like a quick pace with Orton repeatedly going for the RKO, brawling ringside after an overzealous McIntyre corner charge, and dumping the Scott multiple times onto the announce table. The final note of a suplex to the champion. Uh, Drew fought back in the ring. Uh, Randy tried to wear him down but ended up trapped in a figure four from the champion. Like Such great storytelling in this match. <laughs> As I said, the small details. A thunderous chop from the Viper sent, sorry, sent the Viper down from McIntyre. Getting my word order mixed up because it's too early. Uh, blood down his left eye as the Scott exchanged shots with his challenger. Uh, Orton again going for the RKO. He's not lost sight on what all that wearing down was for. Just like, it's so he can hit the RKO. <laughs> and he was constantly going back to it again. Uh, but now McIntyre was, he had fire. He was replying with force, launching Randy across the ring and flying off the top. His huge frame gliding with a clothesline. Uh, Orton himself busted open, bleeding from the tip of his head as Drew nails his old finisher in the Future Shock DDT. Uh, the move wasn't enough, and Orton soon found his way back in, uh, stalking his prey for the RKO, but realising he's perfectly set up for a certain punt. Uh, but as he charges in, Drew catches him up with a powerbomb, which looked great. Uh, the champ calls to the Claymore, he flies over Randy Orton, who ducks, uh, who then gets back up himself for an RKO, but Drew catches him and rolls him and pins his shoulders for the three, as the commentators constantly say, Orton never saw it coming. Oh, damn it, WWE, you ruined a great moment. <laughs> I thought the match built up really, really well. And then you have the commentators like, oh, Vandy never saw it coming. Remember, that was the tagline for the show. And when we announced the tagline, people were like, hmm... And then it didn't really feature into the show. And now hey, it feels forced. But turns out it was actually a bit of a trick because that wasn't the thing that never see coming. It was the main event with Roman Reigns returning. Ah, oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so that sucked. <laughs> but I thought the match was great. I thought the build to the finish was also great. It just felt like an absolute, like a pumping of atmosphere. Again, from the people watching as well. Like... To get about getting people invested, but they weren't even there in the arena, and he could sense them like cheering them on and clapping, and genuinely really invested in what they were doing. And when Drew was count, like cheering for the Claymore, he just felt that atmosphere building, that pounding. Like yeah, that the fact that they did that with nobody there, that's really impressive. It's <laughs> an incredible amount of applause for that. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, there's one final thing. I should take one more sip of water. Mm. been live an hour I've got a full pipe hardly touched it anyway so this is the final point before I sign off it's half past four let me sleep Raw is limitless so when they started playing I was just like oh it's just a generic advert for Raw things are going to happen that type of thing it felt like that there's the fancy graphics coming up and it's just like uh, this Monday Raw is limitless Keith Lee, I, when it said limitless, I did not make the connection. I just assumed advertising word, just marketing, keyword. <laughs> just, yeah, that's what I thought it was. But no, uh, Keith Lee is now set to debut. Like, well then, <laughs> good on you, Keith. Dropping the NXT Championship and just immediately going to the main roster. 
Like, not even like a halt for breath. And I think I was saying on the NXT show on Thursday uh, with uh, James Boyd from One Nation Radio, just that, yeah, he's... It, yeah, like Keith Lee is surely, sooner rather than later, main roster bound. And when he does get there, I feel like he's going to be a big deal. And the way it was presented on SummerSlam and the, like, how quick it was after he dropped the title, it's like, I, I can't help but feel they must have like a lot of faith in him to do well, or at least in this initial push, like have an idea for him and to push him with that. So yeah, a reason to tune into Raw. Keith Lee's going to be properly debuting. So... That's great. <laughs> so we've got Retribution uh, to come out as well. So that was the thought of, like, will Dominic Dajakovic be part of Retribution? Will there be other folk? Like, who knows? Is Dominic going to be uh, the uh, Cohen Crossers, like, first opponent? Or is that going to be Tommaso Ciampa, who's also returning? Again, for every show, he's been set up really well. And I guess in terms of that, like, I... Because, again, I was in my editing world and then collapsed and then you know, exported the thing and uploaded it. <laughs> but... I I hadn't watched NXT and as I said I was watching Takeover in like during the pre-show for SummerSlam like that's how mental my weekend's been and so I didn't see a lot of the kind of I didn't see any immediate action reaction to the loss and uh, I guess shout out to uh, Ray Cash uh, Vance from uh, Chair Shot Radio why am I forgetting names of things and uh, for him just uh, he was just pointing out that last night there was quite a negative reaction. So Keith Lee dropping the belt and uh, it going on to Karrion Cross. Uh, personally, I think I said it like they built up both characters so well that why would I be wrong? Why would I feel bad if the bad guy won? Aside from oh, the bad guys won. Like it's not bad. It's not bad writing or booking. You've built two characters really well. So you either immediately kill the villain, or you have him destroy the babyface you love. Even though they'd be like, be bad though if he only just started his reign. Well, when are we judging quality of reign? On... <laughs> like, it's weird. Like Keith Lee only held it for a short amount of time, but I remember him as champion a lot more than other things because there's there's actually something to it. As I said, NXT's reign is not quite memorable. <laughs> that's, the, that's not that's not a that's not a great comparison. <laughs> But like Shinsuke Nakamura is Intercontinental Champion. I'm not really going to remember any of his defences or anything. Was it United States Champion? Case in point, <laughs> which title was it? Intercontinental. Pretty certain it was Intercontinental. United States on Raw. Yeah. I swear he's held both. Anyway, uh, that's in the show. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching, for listening, for liking, <laughs> sub- subscribing, uh, five-starring if you listen to the podcast version. Either uh, if you are listening to the podcast version on, uh, or even if you are on YouTube, I normally put the link in the description. Uh, on Red Circle, you can donate directly to Lords of Pain Radio. Just helps us keep all of the wheels spinning. Uh, not necessary. Literally, just watching a video is perfectly fine. Uh, uh, thank you to everybody who sent in uh, comments as well for me to try and read <laughs> with my blurry eyes. Uh, and with that, I, we've got other shows as well. Uh, again, do check out the. Worst case roulette. Also, please do uh, check out the other shows on LOP Radio. Uh, I will be live here on LOP YouTube or Vesting Headlines YouTube. It's coming more official. I've got the fancy logo, at the new fancy logo at the bottom. Uh, with the oh, what was I going to say? I'll be live af- not after Raw, the day after. I'll go because I'm English. I'm not going to stay up super late for like the midweek stuff. Like yeah, pay per views, yeah, but. I mean, even that's unwise. <laughs> so I'll be uh, going live on Tuesday for the Raw review, then live on Thursday for the NXT review. Uh, hopefully I'll see some of you there. Uh, and with that, I say thank you for listening, and I bid you adieu. Good, good bloody night. <laughs> and uh, adios.